carry me on. Carry me on. What is it that's carrying you on these days? What is it that's keeping you going? What is it that's helping you find your way home? I don't have to remind any of us, I expect, of all there is to hold these days. So much, too much. And in times that can feel like too much, and in times when it can feel like too much, knowing where we can turn, knowing what it is that will carry us, that's, my friends, an important question. I have to admit to you this morning that I'm pretty on edge these days. Maybe you are too. This week my ballot arrived and when I saw it there in my mail basket, my heart started to race just a little bit. I brought the mail into the house and put it on the pile where the mail usually goes, but I couldn't leave the ballot there just sitting. I couldn't wait to fill it out. And when I delivered it to the county voting headquarters the next time I was out for errands, and then when I got the, re the email confirmation that my ballot had been accepted, well, it was all strangely cathartic. Maybe in these days of polls and forums and rhetoric and misinformation, maybe it was that simple concrete task of filling out a ballot that gave me something else to focus on, something familiar, something I could do. No, these are not at all easy times, and I'd like to make some space to reflect on what it is that will carry us through these days. I'm looking forward to the election being over, but there's still plenty of things to face after that whether it's November 4th or November 7th or 8th or, heaven forbid, some date much later when we'll all at least know the outcome of this election. And unfortunately, I very much doubt that that sense of chaos that, there's, that has been so much a part of our lives for so long will just be over. No, my friends, I fear that much is yet to come. Perhaps one of the most challenging things in these times is that sense of being pulled in all kinds of directions. It might be the right tweet, it might be the right email, it might be the right political ad. I've tried to be disciplined to what I expose myself to when it comes to media these days. I at least try to have a little bit of control over it. But truth be told, my own record on that account has been, well, a little spotty, especially lately. It's hard not to get pulled in so many directions. And given all that, maybe it's even more important to be asking ourselves just what it is we should be doing right now. Voting, yes, and supporting the causes and candidates we support, definitely yes and maybe asking what it is we need to find our way through all of this. For me, it is about trying to be as clear as I can about what is important, trying to be as clear as I can about the stakes in this election, and maybe asking what it is I need to be in a less reactive place and more of a grounded place in these days and in these weeks ahead.
My call for us this morning is to is a call to that place, wherever that place may be for each of us, because there's too much going on right now for us to not be engaged. That just isn't an option, my friends. But being aware of our grounding, what it is that will help us through these days, what will help us to be as clear as we can be, making space for that, I hope, can be an option for all of us. Our spiritual theme this month is home, and maybe that is a good place to begin. Home. What does that word bring to mind for you? The place where you are sitting right now viewing this service? Maybe an image of the place where you grew up? Maybe it's a place in our larger home, our larger world, in a park or some other beautiful place. And maybe the word home is not something that is comforting. Maybe it's a word that stirs fear, as in, might I lose the home I have, or when will I have a place to call home once again? I'd be remiss to not name the reality that home is maybe not at all a secure place for many of us right now. Coming down here to downtown to the church on Sundays can be a pretty sobering reality these days, especially as these days that get shorter and colder and wetter. I'm reminded of just how fortunate I am, just how fortunate so many of us are to not only have houses, but homes to be in. Our own sense of home, indeed, might be anything but secure right now. Home makes me think of a number of places. The home where I spent my first 18 years was the upper level of the family cheese factory outside of the small town in Wisconsin where I grew up. It was a pretty modest home but it was a place where we had all we needed. Nearby was a creek that ran into a river, and one of my favorite places was the front yard running down a small hill in front of our house. This time of year in the upper Midwest, with winter approaching, we would be covering the windows with plastic to keep the winter cold out. I have a vision of being in that front yard of that home as a child, I was probably four or five years old. I'm lying in the grass and my dogs are there with me. I'm looking up at the big blue sky with white clouds going by. And it was maybe my clearest experience of having that sense of oneness with everything. It was a sense that all was well with the world and that I was held in all of that. That is an image of home, of place, that I can still call up. All these years later, that's a place I can return to, most of all in times when the world can weigh so heavy. There's the home I'm fortunate to have now. Probably my favorite place there is my kitchen. Truth be told, I'm not sure how I would have gotten through these COVID times were it not for my kitchen and the privilege of cooking. It is there that I'm both fed, literally and figuratively. And here at the church, this sanctuary, this too is a kind of home. 
so many things, so many encounters, so many moments that I've known here. And now this kind of surreal experience of preaching here to this empty house. I should let you know that I have all of you in my mind, even if you aren't here in person. Oh, how I miss your beautiful faces out there every week. That too has been something that's been sustaining through these days. All of us carry those places with us that we might call home, those places that have shaped us and that we too have been shaped by. In the basement of my current home, there are handwritten statistics of the young people who used to live there, their names and their ages and their heights. When painting that wall, it was important to not paint over those writings, to leave them there just the way they are. It's a reminder that for this time, I'm one of the caretakers of this place. But in some larger context, it's really hard to say to what extent I can own any given place. Maybe caretaker is the better word. What are those places for you? Are they places of comfort? Are they places of safety? Are they places for you that you may, not, may or may not want to return to? Are they places where you can see how a part of the person you have become there was formed? Are those places a part of the person you are now? Where are those places that, you, that can help you connect or maybe reconnect to your soul? When I speak of soul, I'm thinking about what, I'd, what we'd claim as our core, as our center, what it is that makes us the people we most essentially are. And what is that constant? What does not change no matter what it is we face, no matter where it is we are? The Christian mystic Thomas Burton called soul the true self. Buddhists might call it original nature or big self. Quakers call it the inner teacher or the inner light. Hasidic Jews call it a spark of the divine. Humanists may call it identity or integrity or conscience. One of my favorite writers is Parker Palmer. He's a teacher and a Quaker, and he identifies these qualities of soul. The soul wants to keep us rooted in the ground of our own being, revisiting the tendency of other faculties like the intellect and the ego to uproot us from who it is we are. The soul wants to keep us connected to the community in which we find life, for it understands that relationships are necessary if we are to thrive. The soul wants to tell us the truth about ourselves, our world, and the relation between the two, whether that truth is easy or hard to hear. The soul wants to give us life and wants us to pass that gift along. I think it is always important to pay attention to what I might call that soul question, maybe right now more than ever. That soul question calls us to that place of seeing ourselves in relation to something larger. 
in a world where there is so much that can take us off course, where we might find ourselves questioning our own sense of integrity, it brings us back to that place where we come face to face with the fullness of life in its beauty, yes, but in its brokenness, too. It brings us back to that place of complexity when we're asked to make sense of a bunch of stuff that can sometimes seem contradictory. We're asked to go to that soul place where we don't find all the answers, but where we are also better able to make a little more space to simply be with it. We live in our bodies, yes, but it's the soul that lets us know we are fully alive and connected with all that is around us. It lets us know that that life enfolds us. Everything, it can seem, is just a little more heightened these days, at least it is for me. The daily updates on COVID infection rates, the updated advice on how it is we are to stay safe, the economic fallout from all of this. Maybe it's in times like COVID when we are more aware of our vulnerability, but perhaps also more appreciative of our lives and what it is we have. This journey can indeed feel pretty complicated at times. It can feel as if it's going to be a long one with many, with many parts and many detours. I expect we can only imagine. There's a popular teaching from Lao Tzu, which often is quoted as, the journey of a thousand miles begins with a single step. I recently saw another translation of that that might be even more helpful right now. It says that the journey actually begins with the ground beneath us. It begins exactly where we are. It would be easy in the cynicism and dysfunction of these days to want to pull back and to withdraw. But this actually, in this time when we're asked to show up and pay even more attention, that really isn't an option. You see, I don't want to lose sight of the fact that while these times can feel so precarious, and even scary, they are also, also in the mix right now is a sense of opportunity and of possibility. Part of what has happened with COVID, COVID has been a shaking up of things, a call for many of us to wake up in ways that we haven't been asked to wake up before, a call for more awareness of the injustices so endemic around us that is certainly true in the call for black lives and before that, the Me Too movement and the call, the imperative for climate action and justice. All of these movements point us toward not only the peril if we don't address them together, but also to recognize the opportunity to advance our collective freedom, our collective liberation to recognize our collective interdependence. It all starts, I believe, with that invitation for us to move out of that place of soul, that place where it is we know ourselves and where we find our grounding, that place where we might know the core of ourselves.
as our reading today said, we shape ourselves to fit this world, and by the world are shaped again, the visible and the invisible working together in common cause to produce the miraculous. I hope part of what may make that possible is recognizing the gifts each of us do bring, and not only our strengths, but also make a space for our fears, and maybe even a space to name where it is we have not always lived up to our ideals. It's about bringing our best selves forward and not being shy. Part of our job is to figure out how it is we find that grounding, where it is we can hang on, where it is we may find our connection. It's how we will all manage to find our way through these times and through all times, find our way home. I was recently reminded of an image that's been helpful to me in my life. In the Midwest, farmers could face terrible blizzards in the wintertime, blizzards so bad that you, could not, that you could get lost between the barn and your homes because the snow and the wind were so fierce. Sometimes people could disappear in the blizzard and not be found until the spring thaw. So they found a solution to this. As soon as a blizzard would set in, they would tie a rope between the barn and the house so that they could use that as a guide to get between the two buildings when things were terribly bad. That is part of how they survived. That is part of how they knew they could be guided safely home, even in the worst of storms. Life these days can feel like a storm. There is much that could call us in the direction of cynicism, even despair. One of the paradoxes of our times is that in the midst of the many ways we're connected, in the midst of so much information, it can be so easy to feel isolated and alone. Our job is not to know all the answers. Our job is not to take it all on ourselves. Our job certainly is not to be perfect. But our job is to show up and to know what it is that grounds us, knowing that, knowing that place we might call the home of our soul, knowing that we can come back to that place over and over again, no matter what life brings us, carrying us on, carrying us on. Amen. Will you pray with me now? Spirit of life and of love, remind us of all the blessings we know. Remind us of who we are, of all the places and people the communities who have helped us along the way. And remind us, Spirit, of how we do not make this journey alone. Hold us, guide us, ground us as we find our way. Call us to the work of love, 
Call us to the work of justice. Call us to the work of liberation when all of us together will know that place we call the beloved community. Amen.